Good evening, all my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Is it good to be in Christ? It's the best place to be. So does, raise your hand if you don't have an outline. Everybody have? Okay. Can we uh, get some help over here, please? And then while we're getting the outline passed out over here, everybody please grab a pen. And if you don't have a pen, grab one from your neighbor. All right, everybody locked and loaded? Wonderful. Okay. Y'all look at the title. What does that say? Read it together. Ready, go. Reading the Bible. How about try it again? Ready, go. Reading the Bible. Okay. Just want to give you guys a heads up about something. This is a familiar topic to all of us, but I hope that the Lord would empty us unload us, ready to receive something fresh from Him concerning this topic, not only to uplift and build us up and encourage us to be daily Bible lifelong readers, but also that we would be equipped to help others do the same. So I hope you guys get these things tonight. So we're going to be talking about reading the Bible, and let's read that headline verse all together. Ready, go. Okay, so I want to read you guys a quote. This is what it says. It's about the Bible. The Bible is no mere book, but a living creature with a power that conquers all that oppose it. Does anybody know who said that? Anybody? Anybody? I heard, I heard the name. But did you say that, Austin? Who said it? Somebody said it over here. Oh, Tino, you said it. You don't count, man. Does anybody else know it? Anybody else know who said that? No, it wasn't. Good try, man. It's Napoleon. So think about this. Think about this. One of the greatest conquerors in all the history of mankind. This is what he says. Sorry, my phone went out. The Bible is no mere book, but a living creature with a power that conquers all that oppose it. You think Napoleon knows something about conquering? This is what he says about the Bible. You oppose this, it'll conquer you. So the point that I'm trying to make is that reading this book is no small thing. Napoleon tapped in to the power. Many other brothers and sisters throughout the centuries has spilled their blood so that we can have access to this wonderful book that we're going to see does so many things for us. So I hope we won't view this title as something common, as something I've heard all my life, but that we would be freshly impressed to be daily, regular, lifelong Bible readers and help so many do the same. So reading the Bible... Point number one, what's it for? To grow. Reading in the Bible is to grow. But the question is, what does that mean? 
There's a lot of concepts flying out there. What does it mean to grow? Well, it's very helpful to see what something is not to see what it really is. So get ready to write some things down. What growth is not? Growth is not the increase of knowledge. That's very important. Doesn't matter how many Bible verses somebody memorizes, how they can expound the doctrine of the Trinity, how they can, you know, they, they take this course on Christology, Christology and pneumatology, and they know how the end times are going to unfold with the rapture and the Lord's second coming. They can know all that, but their increase in that knowledge is not the growth that we're talking about here in this point. Growth is not the increase in knowledge. Growth is also not the increase in good behavior. That's a big one. Not the increase in good behavior. You know, the Bible, it tells a lot of things of what we should do as Christians. Obey your parents. How about that one? Be humble. Love your neighbor as yourself. But just because you're, oh man, you're reading the Bible, it's like, oh, this is what I should do. I need to obey my parents. I need to love my neighbor. I need to be humble. Just because you do those things and your life is increasing in those things doesn't mean you're in the growth that this point is talking about. So it's not the increase in good behavior. It's also not the increase in spiritual activities. Just because you're getting with the believers more, just because you may have added a gospel preaching time to your week, you're regular to church on Sunday, just because these events and gatherings are increasing in your life, doesn't mean necessarily that you're in the real genuine growth, what we're talking about in this point. So I got the three things that it's not. Y'all got those three things, okay? One, it's not the increase in knowledge, not the increase in good behavior, not the increase in spiritual activities. But what is the genuine growth that we're talking about that comes from reading the, the Bible properly? Growth is the increase in the divine life that we have received within us. That's the growth we're talking about. Living things grow. And living things grow by that life that they've received increasing in them. So this is where we're going to read 1 Peter 2, 2, and 3. How about let's read that together. Ready, go. Amen. Okay, take your pen, underline newborn babes, underline milk of the word, underline grow. That's the key phrases you got to catch out of that verse. Okay, newborn babes, milk of the word, grow. Newborn babes, what does that mean? That means that in God's eyes, those that have just received the divine life, the measure of that divine life in them is just the stature of a babe. That's all they are in Christ. It's the, me it's the measure of the stature of a babe. Of course, we have some staff members that have just had babies. The measure of their life is not that much. Not that much. Same thing spiritually. We receive God's life. Wonderful. But the measure of that life is pretty short. 
pretty small. So that life needs to increase. How does it increase? By the milk of the word. This is what we need to tap into when we read the Bible. This is what we need to extract when we read the Bible. We got to get the milk out of that word as an organic element that has everything that we need. It's put into us and it feeds the life within us so that the spiritual life that we've received from God our Father increases in our being and we grow into strong, healthy, spiritual Christians. So when you come to the Bible, you got to realize, i got to get milk out of this thing for my spiritual sustenance so that I don't stay as a newborn babe, but that I grow unto salvation. That's what we need to get when we come to the Word, and that's what we want as a result when we come to the Word, is that we grow in the life that we have received from God. That life increases in our being. Okay, number two. Reading the Bible is to, say it. Reading the Bible is to? Receive the divine Okay, what is this divine provision? A, breath. B, food. C is like, I love this, receive the divine provision. God wants to provide you with something. It's divine. You just got to receive it. Where can you receive it? You can receive it from reading the Bible. And I love this first point here. You can receive the divine provision to A, being breath. Do you need breath to live? Do you need breath to survive? You can find it in reading the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16a, all scripture is God-breathed. Let's say that together. Ready, go. All scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is god How about that? Every word in the Bible originated from the exhaling of God. Something within God came from out of him in the way of an exhalation. When God breathed out its spirit and what's produced? The scripture, which is God's breath. Now think about this. Why is this verse here? It could say anything. All scripture is what? God breathed? That's so strange. Why do you think Scripture is God breathed? What's that for? Why did God exhale from himself and now we have the Bible? What does that mean for us? If God goes like that, what should we do on our side? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he exhaled for our inhaling. So as Christians, we don't need to hold our breath and become stuffy in our inward being. Have you ever been in a stuffy room and then you open up the windows and the fresh air blows in? Ah, wonderful, wonderful. That's how our inward being can be. We got a divine oxygen, cha- divine oxygen cha- tank in this word. But if we're low on our breathing, we get stuffy in our being. So we need the fresh air to come in. That fresh divine oxygen that we can get from reading the Bible because all Scripture is God-breathed. Second provision is food. Matthew 4.4, let's read it. Ready, go. Okay. I want to ask you a serious question. Do you really want to live? I want you to think about that. Do you really want to live? 
You have one life. Do you want to really live? If you really want to live, you need to read the Bible. Because what, are the Lord, what does the Lord Jesus say here? Man shall not live on bread alone. Man shall not live on bread alone. Do you need bread to live? Of course. But that's the sustenance for your physical life. But if you, if you really want to live, you need sustenance for your spiritual life. When your spiritual life is sustained, in addition to your physical life, oh man, then you have a way to really live. I want to really live. And I hope y'all's college years is filled with really living. You know, the world is just pumping all these things at us. This is what it means to really live. Get that good degree so you can get that good job, make six figures, get a good wife, get a good family, get a good house, retire at 55, travel the world. But you know what? Without the word, you're not really living. You're just half living. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The bread here is tied to the word of God. And so just as we eat physical bread, we need to eat the words that come out of God's mouth as our spiritual bread, as our spiritual sustenance. God, through his word, wants to give us his riches to not only nourish us, not only supply us, but as food, it constitutes us. Do you want to be living, walking words of God? I do. I want to be constituted with the word of God. Amen. Just like my physical body is constituted with the food that I've been eating over the past X amount of years. The same thing. The Bible is spiritual food. And those riches not only supply us, but they make up the very fibers of our being so that we become living, walking people constituted with the word of God, strengthening, supplying us, and then we're ready at any moment out of our constitution to feed others with the word of God. The third divine provision, of course, there's a lot of, of divine provisions that we get from reading the Bible. We just have three here, is light. Let's read Psalms 119.105. Ready, go. Okay, I want you to underline your word, lamp, and light. There we go. Your word, lamp, light. I love this. You know, why do people need a lamp? See. To see? Exactly. See in darkness. That's right. Think about the world that we live in. Pretty dark. If you don't have the Bible... What are you walking in? Darkness. Darkness. So thank the Lord when we read the Bible, the Bible can be a lamp to our feet. Yeah. I love this, you know. Well, actually, I was thinking about this earlier. Everybody hates stumping their toe on the side of the bed when they get up in the middle of the night and they can't see anything. <laughs> Boom! You're already so tired. and It's like pain is accentuated when you're tired. Or maybe that's just me. But when you're tired, it hurts more. Okay, we're walking in this dark world. Don't act like there's not obstacles on the ground trying to trip you up and cause your toe to just get jacked up. Have you had that happen, bro? I had it happen many times. <laughs> For sure, bro. For sure. Think about it. It's a dark world. Satan's throwing obstacles in our way so we would stub our toe. 
We need a lamp to our feet as we're walking in our daily life so that we can avoid those obstacles. Our feet are illumined. But not only that, the Word is a light to our path. This point is wonderful because as Christians, we're not aimless. It's not like... Okay, uh, my feet are illumined and I can see what's just in front of me so that if something's in my way, I can move around it. But we're not here walking in circles like this, avoiding obstacles. And that, okay, I'm doing okay as a Christian if I'm just avoiding obstacles in my life. But the Word is a light to our path. There's a path, my brothers and sisters, headed to a destination, which is the New Jerusalem. And God wants to illumine that path from his word so that you're a person full of direction and purpose. You know where you're going in your life. You're not wandering around aimlessly, just avoiding obstacles to stumble you in your spiritual life. But you have a direction. You're a person full of purpose because you have the word lightening your path and you see this is where I'm going. Y'all see the distinction there? The lamp is for our feet to avoid the obstacles. The word is the light and lightens the path that God has in front of us to head towards the goal that he set before us for us to reach, which is his goal, the bride, the new Jerusalem. We need the word, my brothers and sisters, as the lamp and the light. Okay, moving on. To contact the living person of Christ. Let's read that point together. Ready, go. Okay, let's read John 5, 39 through 40. Ready, go. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is these that testify concerning me. Yet you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. <clears throat> okay, take your pen and underline scriptures and underline come to me. There it is. Scriptures. Okay, come to me. Scriptures, okay, Bible, come to me. I want, you to read you, I want to read you a quote from Martin Luther. The Bible is the cradle wherein Christ is laid. That's what he said. The Bible is the cradle wherein Christ is laid. So when you come to the Bible, you have to realize I'm coming to Christ. I'm coming to a living person. The thing is, though, is that the kind of Bible we read is determined by the person that we are. If we're a person that's just concerned about whether I do good or whether I do bad, we'll just come to the Bible just seeking for, okay, how can I do more good and how can I do less bad as an example? That's just a person that wants to be moral. But what about a seeker of Christ? What about a person who wants the Lord when he comes to the Word? You know, this kind of person... You know, when they come to the Word, they have specific kind of glasses on. We all have glasses when we come to the Word, but we want to have the right kind of glasses. This is where I'm going to use my boy Kasim right here as a little example, okay? Kasim, come up here, bro. Come up here, my dude. Kasim has glasses on. They're pretty clean. I like them. But, bro... <clears throat> Those glasses you have on, man, bro, they're just the lens that you're looking through to just find out how to be a better person. We need to take those off, brother. Take them off, man. 
We want to read the Bible by contacting the living Christ. Yeah. All right, face me, brother. Face me, bro. What you doing? Please wax on, bro. Please wax on, right? Don't on, bro. Fresh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can y'all see what's on the lenses back there? Yeah. What does that C stand for? What does that C stand for? So my brother Kasim put off the glasses of, how can I be a better person? Do more good things. And he put on, you're looking fresh, bro. Hey, I'm trusting you right now. (laughs) He put on the Christ glasses. So that when he comes to the Bible, he has the right lens on. And when he's coming to the Bible, he's coming to contact the living Christ. Why is this important? Because Christ is the reality of all the divine provisions we just talked about in the previous point. Christ is breath. On the day of his resurrection, he breathed out into his disciples and said, receive. Christ, he's also food. In John 6, he says, eat me, and you'll live because of me. He's also light. In John 8, he says, I am the light. So if you want the divine provisions in your experience, you need to contact the living Christ when you come to the word. Thank you, Kasim. Great job, man. Let's give him a hand. (laughs) Ah, there we go, bro. Feeling that, man. Love it. Love it. Okay. And this is my last point. This is my last point, okay? Regarding 2 Corinthians 3, 15 and 16. Let's read that together. Ready, go. Okay. Paul says, indeed, unto this day, right now, October 27th, talking about Israel, the Jews, right? It still applies today, right, Brother Neil? Unto this day, whenever Moses has read, whenever you read the Pentateuch, those books that he read, which are also the books in our Bible, the Jews, they still got a veil on their heart, a barrier between them and the Lord. They don't see him. They can't contact him. They got a veil lying on their heart. But whenever their heart turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So the veil is just the unturned heart. Veil. This is the veil. But when the heart turns, the veil is taken away. And the barriers between us and the Lord from seeing him, experiencing him, enjoying him in the word, they're gone. Because our heart is turned. This is what we need to contact the living person of Christ so that he can be the reality of all the divine provisions so that we can grow. But, okay, you know, sometimes the term heart is just thrown around. What is our heart? Does anybody know what our heart is? What are its components? Anybody know? Anybody want to venture a guess? Mind. Mind? Very good. That's a component. Emotion, will. One more. Conscience. Boom. Mind, emotion, will, conscience. Those are the components of our heart. Mind, that's where our thoughts are. 
Emotion, that's where our feelings are. Will, that's what we use to choose to do this or to do that. And then our conscience, it's like the alarm system that God set up in us to protect us from a lot of whack stuff. Okay, here's the thing. Our heart needs to be turned to the Lord. What does that mean? That means that our mind needs to be concentrated on Him and not wondering about uh, all the things of the day, daydreaming. Our mind needs to be focused on Him. Our emotion doesn't need to be filled with all the feelings that we got from the ups and downs in our day. But it needs to be filled with the love towards the Lord. Loving the Lord. And then our will, just, we just choose Him. Lord, I choose you when I come to the Word. And then our conscience needs to be clean, cleansed from the stain of sin, which comes when we confess. And the blood of Christ washes those stains away. So this is what it means to have a heart turned to the Lord. Our mind focused on Him, our emotion loving Him, our will choosing Him, and a cleansed conscience to have rich fellowship with Him. This is the turned heart that we want when we come to the Lord so that all this stuff on this page that we've been talking about can be real to us. I have two prayers for you, okay, so that uh, the Lord will have a way to have a turned heart when we come to read the Bible. Lord, write this down, Lord... I turn my heart to you. We want to have a turned heart. How about asking the Lord or telling the Lord, Lord, I turn my heart. How about that? But I have a backup prayer for you because sometimes our heart is so sticky, so sticky to so many things. It's like we can't quite just get unstuck from that and then turn to the Lord. Okay, backup prayer. Lord, cause my heart to turn to you. I can't do it myself. Lord, you cause my heart to turn to you when I read the Bible so that I can contact you as the living Christ to be the reality of all divine provisions so that I can grow. Y'all see that? That's the message. Reading the Bible to grow by receiving the divine provisions. The word is our breath, food, and light. This happens by contacting the living Christ who's the reality of those things. By turning our heart to the Lord. That's it. Did y'all get it? Well, we're going to take an opportunity to get it even more. I think we've been enjoying this the past few weeks. We're going to pair up. And we're going to practice speaking to one another. Okay? So how about um, group up in twos or threes. Just practice getting these points down. Throw some of the key phrases that you underline on there as meat to the bones. And just enjoy speaking to one another, and then we'll proceed on. Okay? So let's group up right now.